standard issue for all women. Hello there, Hannah here. So, as you've probably seen, Love Actually is back in the news because there's been some sort of 20th anniversary reunion on the telly in America because clearly people haven't suffered enough in recent years and because Richard Curtis has apparently woken up to the fact that the film isn't very diverse. No shit, Richard. No shit. As regular listeners will know, we featured Love Actually in our Rated or Dated section a few years back, and I'm sure even irregular listeners can guess what we made of it. That this fox turd of a film has been left to lie in the garden of beloved popular culture for so long is a mystery. That people have now put it on the end of a stick and are marching round proudly following it is, well, you can find out our thoughts here. Welcome to Rated or Dated. Mickey, it was your choice this week. So here's the question. What the fuck? (laughs) Yeah. This week, we watched Richard Curtis's 2003 Christmas-themed rom-com, Love Actually, an ensemble piece featuring more big-name stars than the night sky and, indeed, a much-loved holiday staple in homes the world over. And do you know what, actually? I thought watching it would be fun, actually. Knowing before going in, it was beyond problematic, actually. I thought it'd be a right laugh to slag it off, actually. But no, actually, it just made me rage, actually. And three days on from re-watching it, I am still fucking fuming, actually. But it's the top of the pod, so I'll keep my powder dry on this cynical, vapid, misogynist, cash-grabbing piece <laughs> of cinematic pap made for women by a man. A man, it pains me to point out, who is also part responsible for one of my favourite creations Mm. of all time, Blackadder. But back to Love Actually, in the main, critics weren't fussed by it, giving it a sort of general B-plus vibe, although much more damning criticism came later and is indeed about to come pretty soon. And it wouldn't have mattered anyway. I called it cash grabbing just then. And by George, did Love actually bring in the Benjamins, grossing $246 million worldwide from a budget of around 40 to $45 million. And it still has an audience rating of 72% recommended on Rotten Tomatoes. It also received a Golden Globe nod for Best Motion Picture, Musical (laughs) or Comedy, where it lost out to Lost in Translation. However... Bill Nye inexplicably bagged four awards for his role as comeback kid Billy Mack, including a BAFTA. What the fuck? I feel like, <laughs> although I've just ruined it now by saying that, I feel like my entire contribution to this could be like that scene where McNulty and the bunk yes. solved that crime by just going, fuck, motherfucker, fuck. <laughs> So, Nye stars alongside an epic cast list of Brit acting gold, Hugh Grant, Emma Thompson, Alan Rickman, Andrew Lincoln, Colin Firth, Kieran Knightley, Martin Free. I could go on, but I don't want to. Jen, Hannah, in that order, had you seen it before? And if so, when was the last time you watched it before? I, and I am so, so, so sorry, made you watch it again. I have seen it before. I actually went to watch it at the cinema when it came out. I was at university at the time and I think the allure of Richard Curtis rom-com, because this was before they went really, really wayward, I think. No, I don't think it was. I I think it was before, like, all of the stuff that 
like the boat that rocked and well, the, the boat that rocked is awful well that's exactly what awful. i'm saying i think it was before that and i think it was before about time and the ones that look like like that i i just would never fucking dream of watching in a million okay. years so i think it's like predates that and i think that may be the reason i didn't watch those it's <laughs> because i watched this i have a feeling that i I remember being annoyed by it being called Love Actually, because that actually pissed me off, actually. I have a feeling that I possibly didn't mind it at the time. I don't think I've watched it since then, though. Okay. Hannah? I have been in a room where it was on. <laughs> this is I could probably best describe it as. And because it is in pieces, mm. I feel like I hadn't seen all of it when I watched it this time, but most of it felt familiar to me. And I would say I probably watched it when I had... I'm thinking of a specific lodger that would have been watching it sometime near Christmas, and that would probably be about 10 years ago. But interestingly, going back to what Jen said about The Boat That Rocked, when I did watch The Boat That Rocked, I think it was on telly once, and I thought, oh my God, this is so misogynist. How did... Richard Curtis go from Notting Hill to this. Is this the answer? I think this, this is the this is the answer. This is the middle of it. This, this is, is the missing the point just actually where this he is went. This is exactly like this. what I meant. It's it, yeah. It's like the point at which he went wayward. Yeah, I mean it is shit. Right. Oh, here's the plot, which has the temerity to be two hours fifteen minutes long. Fucking hell. You know how I feel about this kind of thing, even at the best of times, and this is not the best of times. A series of straight, white, middle-class ball bags treat a series of straight, white women with less power than them as walking vaginas they simply must possess. By confusing grand gestures for any sort of human emotion, they are rewarded with ownership of these women. There is zero love, actually, and these nine relationship stories are all implausibly linked by a kids' nativity play seemingly performed at 11pm on Christmas Eve. Hmm. At one point, Hugh Grant does a dance and, nah, fuck it, I'm done. I can't believe Laura Linney <laughs> and Joanna Page got the tits out for this shit. I know. Why? 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 Right? Why? Joanna Page is virtually naked throughout for no good reason, for one shit joke, which is basically, wouldn't it be funny if two people were naked and talking about something really banal at the same time? Mm-hmm. And that's not even a funny joke. Okay, I have four jump-off points for your opinions, please. Number Cunts, one. Cunts, actually. <laughs> Number one, first, Hannah, Jen, in that order, please. Tell me your least favourite pairing and why. Oh, God. Um, it will be two men fighting over an 18-year-old girl. <laughs> that, that would be the one for me. Although, to be fair, it's not two men fighting because Chiwetel Ejiofor doesn't realise that this is happening. And so his best friend is... Mark, played by Andrew Lincoln. No, I can't. I, that's the word I was looking for. He is trying to steal possibly the girlfriend or certainly like get into her head. And she is 18 and also, you know, rake thin and has the audacity to say, oh, I look I look quite pretty in that, don't I? When all other women in this are referred to as fat. That would be my least favourite one. Jen? Oh, God, it's so, so, so hard to choose. But the one that I found really, really grated on me, particularly, is the little boy. Oh, yeah, who... I'm glad you mentioned that. That's up there with mine. Because I found it, like, really repulsive 
For his dad to live vicariously through him. Well, that they've made this storyline where he's like, I'm really worried about him because his mum's died, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, fuck her. Not bothered about her. Actually, I'm a bit lovesick. I'm sure it was meant to be like lighthearted and, and whatever and like using a serious thing or blah. But I, I found it really repulsive. Actually. <laughs> also, like the, the thing all. with that as well is he is a mini Mark in the making. He's like, oh, I'm in love with this girl and she'd not notice me. And he's like, I've tried everything. Have you tried talking to her? Absolutely fucking not. Sweet Christ, no. She might have something to say and put me off forever. <laughs> so no, just more grand gestures. There's no advice of like, go and say hello to her. It's oh like, yeah, join a band. Oh, oh, fuck yeah. I actually forgot about the one that I hate the most. Sorry, can I, can I have a second one that I hate equally? I mean, there's nine of them. We can go through every single one. <laughs> I hate Colin Firth and the Portuguese one. one. I that's hate one. that so much. He literally can't even converse with her. He's never kissed her. He's never nobbed her. He's never even been on a date with her. Like, they literally can't He's even communicate with each though. other. And he all, wants to marry her. All she has her. done is pick up his shit. Right, in this film. All she does is pick up his shit. And he does one of the worst things that a man can do is propose publicly. Yeah. The, the, the truest word spoken in this film is when the the, the, the fat sister is saying, mm. uh, Dad's like selling her into slavery. Yes, because that's literally <laughs> what he's doing. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, but I think we can all agree the less a woman talks, the quicker you should marry her. So, point two, um, we've, we've mentioned it a little bit, but Richard Curtis really hates fat people, eh? Mm. Yeah. Oh, fat women? Or not even fat, they're not even fat, no one's fat. One of the men gets called fat as well, just just in the interest of fairness, uh, Bill Nye does call Rabsi Nesbitt fat Greg at Fisher. one point. Yeah. But the whole storyline where Martine McCutcheon is fatally, oh, sorry, Natalie, like, she's chubby, she's got thunder. She's what, a size 8, size 10? It doesn't even matter. Like, who has a a dad who calls his grown-up daughter plumpy? It's just, oh! And they live in the rough part, which looks way nicer than where I live. (laughs) If I'm going to be totally honest, if that's the rough part of London, sign me up! Mm, Point three. Had you given you had one of you had been in a room when it was on and Jen you admitted to paying good money at the cinema can to I see just this. say it was like a family <laughs> outing like everyone that I lived with like all of my mates we went it was a Christmas film blah 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 that's that's why it happened yeah, just, I mean it's, you know. it's not your fault Jen we've all made mistakes had you remembered how fucking pervy it is no well the gratuitous well, no. tits no not really no I hadn't it's like a midlife crisis gained life and became a film alan rickman's character harry right he can't be horrible i've got to stop using the c word he can't be horrible in this (laughs) i think today it's your time to shine with the c word (laughs) because we have to blame the woman the woman is like she's the one she's the one that's doing all the pushing she's the slut she's She's very sexually aggressive she exactly that at one point just just opens her legs yeah He's just blown over by the sort of the hurricane that is is her sexual aggression. He can't be helped. And then his wife forgives him at the end of it. Or, I'm not sure we're, that we're she does. She does. Emma Freud went on Twitter in 2015 to confirm that Harry didn't just have an emotional or affair of his head. He actually, it was a whole hog and she'd begged Richard Curtis, Emma Freud being Richard Curtis's missus, she'd begged Richard not to make it a proper full-on physical affair, but apparently it was. And yes, Emma Thompson takes him, Karen takes him back at the end. 
but to a much less happy home. Well, hopefully she loses like a few stone as well. Obviously, oh, she, she because... looked just like Pavarotti, didn't she? It's <laughs> outrageous. So, on that note, point four: the women. Let's talk. Hmm. I mean, I I find the women very very multi-dimensional. They can either be fat, <laughs> or they can be slags, or they can be cleaners and menials, or they can be American and therefore possibly mentally ill. <laughs> I think American women should be angry about how they're portrayed in this film, even if one of them is played by the exquisite January Jones. Yeah, it is just. That whole section is just, what the fuck? Colin's storyline is just mad. But yeah, as you've just pointed out, it's pretty much all of your five a day when it comes to the different traits of women there, Hannah. Uh, yeah. I guess someone might argue that Emma Thompson has some sort of agency and is vaguely empowered because she finds out her husband's having an affair and, and she takes him to task on it, but then she takes him back. So that's a shame, isn't it? She's um, punished. She she finds something out. She has some agency and she's punished for it. Yeah. Laura Linney's character also has agency. She has like, I mean, what an arsehole. She's got a, a mentally ill brother who she looks after and cherishes. And I mean, she puts him first. What an absolute cunt. Can I also also get an ending to her no. plotline. We no. never see her again after Can that. Can I also talk about the fact that her fucking boss takes her into the into a room and says, mm. like, you've got to fuck this man cause, like, who also works in this office because it's just going to destroy us all if you don't. I used to do that all the time, Jen, when I was people's bosses. Uh, yeah, I yeah. mean... <laughs> oh god i can't deal with the sexual tension between you two on this yeah. podcast can you just sort it out just go and yeah it's awful the sleaziness of it right the whole joke that bill nye is going to take his clothes off the whole nation seems to find that hilarious mm. that he would play his guitar naked and you're like i'm pretty sure most people would be like what a knobber like, <laughs> and then possibly what a knob i don't know but i just i wonder i do wonder what what richard Curtis was thinking, like, what was what what was he thinking? It made it's thinking? made me really not like Richard Curtis because he thinks all of this is okay, and it's Actually. so toxic. It's so toxic. It's so straight. It's so white. It's so sort of like able body. It's just awful. I think one of the biggest sins of this, though, is it's all so fucking stupid and unbelievable. So much stuff happens in this that I just makes me think Richard Curtis doesn't live in the real world. For example, Alan Rickman says to his sexy secretary, sorry, his slaggy secretary, he says to her, can you find us a venue for, like, the Christmas party? About three days before the Christmas party. Three weeks. Three weeks before Christmas. Even so, it, as someone who has had the responsibility oh, no, no, of booking an you. office party, it's just ridiculous. When Bill Nighy goes to number one, Elton John invites him round for Christmas because Elton John wants the glory of knowing someone who's had a number one. <laughs> what's, that, what's that plot like? That's about? not how Elton John works. There's absolutely no way anyone would have had him on TV when he kept swearing so much. That's just ridiculous. He does get the one funny joke, though, and the one funny joke is where he goes, thank you, Antor Deck. Yes, yes. But even the press conference, right, where, where Hugh Grant basically torpedoes our relationship with America, right? Yes! Because he's white knighting a fat girl who works in his office, right? And everyone... It's like, yeah, he's clapping, not, smiling. Not one person says, you've gone a bit off message there, actually, mate. What would actually be happening is a full, the thick of it meltdown. Yeah. 
And also, he's not white knighting. He's not doing it for her. He doesn't step in for her. He lets it happen and then he fires her or he like redistributes her because he thinks that something that he wants has been taken by someone else. And so it's not for her that he does that to Billy Bob Thornton's POTUS. It's for him. Can I just say, I love four weddings and a funeral, right? I love it. I think it is genuinely really, really funny and I enjoy it very much every time I watch it. And I have watched it a lot. And I thought Notting Hill was alright, I didn't mind it, I didn't like it as much but I didn't mind it and I was thinking about this the other year because this, because what you were saying Mick about how it is so white, it's so middle class, it's so, and it is like so strikingly that but that is like all of his stuff basically Mm. you think about Mm -hmm. Notting Hill, because this occurred to me last year, you've got a film called Notting Hill and there is literally one black person in that film and they play like a security guard or something which is about, like, one of the mm, parts of London that is most notably celebrated for its diversity and a carnival that happens every year in celebration of that. Yep. And they call it Notting Hill and there is one black person in it who plays a security guard. I know that's not really the point, but it just you just reminded me of it because it's very much what his films are about to me. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So, before we get to the big question, <laughs> and I am, oh, oh, I'm excited to know what you're going to say, but I just want to read something to you. So, back when Jezebel was good, Lindy West wrote an excoriating takedown of Love Actually, and this bit is particularly Chef's Kiss. Everything in this movie is fucking insane. That's not how press conferences work. That's not how diplomacy works. That's not how prime ministers work. Nothing is how anything works. That's not how weddings work. That's not how audio recording works. That's not how saxophones work. That's not how hair works. That's not how business meetings work. That's not how art works. That's not how grief works. That's not how primary school Christmas concerts work. That's not how airports work. That's not how music charts work. That's not how fat works. And none of it is how love works. The saxophones. I remember. I saw the saxophones and i thought that's not a saxophone what's that noise that's not the noise of a saxophone so do you think this festering saw is the worst film yes and i think that's given how bad buddy song is (laughs) like genuinely the worst thing roger daltrey come back Uh, yeah i have to say i enjoyed this less than i enjoyed you know like nostalgia aside i enjoyed watching buddy song more than i enjoyed watching this and i didn't particularly enjoy watching buddy song Rated or dated? I don't even think it's... I just think it's a fucking awful, awful film. Slated. Rated, dated or slated. Absolutely. What's happening next to refresh our brains, please? Someone, please, someone. That's me. I think we are going to watch 1996's The Last Supper, which I don't know if either of you have ever heard of. It's an indie black comedy. I haven't seen it since I've saw it in 1996 but when i saw it on the list i thought we have to have that because i think if it was made now it would be called a satire oh exciting Mm. actually standard issue for all women